Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. It's Tuesday, August 18th. I'm Akila Hughes. And I'm Gideon Resnick, and this is What a Day, where we follow Bernie Sanders' example and conduct all our Zooms in front of a pile of logs. Yeah, straight up, if you don't have logs behind you, no one's going to take you seriously. Own that meeting, own logs. That's right. 2020. 2020. On today's show, UNC Chapel Hill cancels campus classes and more on school in the time of COVID, then some headlines. But first, the latest. It's officially Democratic convention season, so let's get into it. Well, it began last night and featured a ton of different speakers, including former First Lady Michelle Obama and Senator Bernie Sanders. There were montages, children singing, musical numbers, and Zoom conversations with voters. And this was historic in a number of ways. There wasn't a huge hall with all the delegates and balloons <laughs> falling from the ceiling. This was experienced remotely, like most things have been during the pandemic, and even featured some pre-recorded speeches and the CEO of Quibi for some reason. Uh, so <laughs> before we jump into the details, what did you think of this whole strange new experience? Experiment. Yeah, I, I like that, you know, personally for consumption, I could sort of toggle between this and other screens playing things like NBA playoffs, perhaps. Um, <laughs> but, you know, no, the, in all honesty, there was a lot of stuff that uh, to, to pick over in this. I think one of the things that was really interesting was um, when, you know, they did actually have real people on the screen talking about what was going on in their lives. The powerful example was uh, Kristen Urquiza, who uh, was one of the people who ended up speaking in one of those montages. And uh, she was talking about her father who had voted for Trump. And, you know, he tragically passed away from COVID-19 earlier this year um, in in lesser, uh, clearer, and great moments, uh, John Kasich, the Republican uh, former governor of Ohio, standing at a literal crossroads in a David Lynch-type image was uh, a little perplexing. Yeah, yeah. It's like he was trying to make a point about being at a crossroads as a country, but he had to find the ugliest, least photogenic <laughs> crossroads to literally stand at. So agreed. Um, I mean, I personally had really low expectations. You know, I was actually really impressed that they had any level of production value. I thought it was just going to be Zoom calls and like waiting rooms and clicking links and trying to figure stuff out. So to have like Eva Longoria in studio um, and like musical performances, which, you know, Varying, varying, um, you know, critical response. But yeah, I thought it was really great. Uh, it's a really low bar, obviously, but I do not expect Donald Trump to pass it next week. I'm looking forward to his toilet uh, five minutes of stand up about how he has to flush the toilets all the time. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I definitely think the most powerful thing was the tone. And you sort of got at it with uh, Kristen Arquiza uh, speaking about her father. But seeing the faces of people who've passed away from COVID-19, while we all live in a world where our president has no plan for COVID-19, um, just felt more impactful. I think, than just seeing a number on a ticker going up all day. 
Um, but that's the big picture. So let's talk a little bit about the speakers. One of the biggest of the night was Senator Bernie Sanders, who came up short in the presidential primary earlier uh, this year. He's been working closely with the Biden team over the past few months, and he had a true banger of a speech that emphasized the importance of voting in this particular election. Yeah. And going into the night, he had done a number of these interviews kind of reflecting on how far things had come and the movement had come over the years, the young, diverse coalition of candidates who are running and winning on progressive ideals and the dire importance of defeating Trump in November. Here's a clip that kind of speaks to that in his remarks. This is not normal and we must never treat it like it is. Under this administration, authoritarianism has taken root in our country. I and my family and many of yours know the insidious way authoritarianism destroys democracy, decency, and humanity. As long as I am here, I will work with progressives, with moderates, and yes, with conservatives to preserve this nation from a threat that so many of our heroes fought and died to defeat. This president is not just a threat to our democracy, but by rejecting science, he has put our lives and health in jeopardy. Trump has attacked doctors and scientists trying to protect us from the pandemic while refusing to take strong action to produce the masks, gowns and gloves our healthcare workers desperately need. Nero fiddled while Rome burned. Trump golfs. Wow. Bars. (laughs) Came out swinging. Uh, Yeah, I thought it was really moving and, you know, saying it plainly that we're living in the rise of authoritarianism. You don't hear that very often. Um, You know, I I thought it was really great that his speech was grounded in what is possible now. And so, you know, the importance of, you know, I I don't love the idea of reaching across the aisle, but we can't just, you know, have a country that is this fractured. It's important to bring everybody together. And I think that he really focused on that and, you know, Trump's failure overall um, and really made sure to point out that, like, none of this is going to matter if Trump remains in office. Yeah. And I think that the other part that was cool was talking about some of the specific policy that, you know, needs to get enacted and could get enacted and what people can actually vote on in that respect. He was also talking about, you know, uh, federal unemployment benefits and other things that have sort of lapsed over the course of this pandemic. And yeah, to the point of the authoritarianism, I think he did a really good job of connecting uh, the dots on that and sort of a, a trajectory almost through history of, of, you know, what happens when that happens. Yeah, for sure. So Bernie spoke second to last. And then the final speaker of the night was former First Lady Michelle Obama. And for me, it was really the main event. So here's a clip. Being president doesn't change who you are. It reveals who you are. Well, a presidential election can reveal who we are, too. And four years ago, too many people chose to believe that their votes didn't matter. Maybe they were fed up. Maybe they thought the outcome wouldn't be close. Maybe the barriers felt too steep, whatever the reason. In the end, those choices sent someone to the Oval Office who lost the national popular vote by nearly three million votes. In one of the states that determined the outcome, the winning margin averaged out to just two votes per precinct. Two votes. 
And we've all been living with the consequences. When my husband left office with Joe Biden at his side, we had a record-breaking stretch of job creation. We'd secured the right to health care for 20 million people. We were respected around the world, rallying our allies to confront climate change. And our leaders had worked hand-in-hand -hand with scientists to help prevent an Ebola outbreak from becoming a global pandemic. Four years later, the state of this nation is very different. More than 150,000 people have died and our economy is in shambles because of a virus that this president downplayed for too long. Yeah, I I was captivated by it. I forgot to even react to it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, there are tons and tons of things to say about uh, this speech and whenever she speaks. And one of the things I really liked about it and the context that uh, this was done in was you didn't hear other shit in the background. Like this was literally just person to person laying out the stakes. And she did it in a way that was very direct and forceful and also very personable. It, you felt like this was coming from some place that she had really been processing and maybe even processing it on the spot. I know it was pre-recorded, but um, that was how it came off to me. And yeah, I thought it, I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, I think that Michelle Obama is truly the main event of every event she's ever been a part of. Um, and it was really refreshing to hear from someone who has real perspective. Um, you know, obviously, Senator Bernie Sanders does as well. But I mean to say we hear so much from pundits about uh, the virus and what Trump is doing and people just sort of bickering back and forth. But like when you settle all that noise, like you're saying, and someone rises to the occasion of being like an authority on what <laughs> what it's like to be in a White House that is going towards progress and one that is rescinding. I think it's um, really just really beautiful. Um, I appreciated, too, in her speech, she spoke about the racism that she faces as a black woman and, you know, being not listened to as just a part of the role. And I'm like, people don't listen to Michelle Obama. But yeah, of course, like it's still America. Um, and so I think that having her say that um, maybe for the first time publicly was really just astonishing to me. Um and yeah, I think, you know, her real point and message wasn't just that we need to vote, but hammering home the fact that Trump has had the opportunity to change things in this country in his vision for four years. And this is where we ended up. So we can't keep relying on this make America great again thing when we're consistently worse off day to day because of Donald Trump. Right. Um, but, you know, that's night one of four. So let's get into some of the other stuff that we're expecting throughout the rest of the week. Yeah, so uh, quickly, tonight we're supposed to hear from former President Bill Clinton, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez, and Jill Biden, among others. Then Wednesday is quite a wild array of people. You have Senator Elizabeth Warren, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Hillary Clinton, uh, Senator Kamala Harris, who, of course, is the VP pick, and Barack Obama. Also, Billie Eilish. I'll let people at home decide if one of those names sticks out more than others. And then the last day includes Andrew Yang, Senator Cory Booker, and then it's going to wrap with uh, the formal acceptance speech from Biden himself. Yeah. So one of the things that will be interesting to see is how many people actually watched it and, you know, what, if any, effect this actually has on the race. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a big thing that people talk about with conventions. Um, but, you know, this is a different time. And going into the convention this week, Biden was averaging anywhere in the realm of a seven to nine point national lead against Trump, which 
No pressure at all here is, per the New York Times, the biggest consistent lead since Bill Clinton was up an average double digits in his 1996 re-election campaign. He, of course, went on to win easily. Also, currently, there are fewer undecideds in these head-to-head polls, which is important. And Biden is hitting at least 50% in a lot of them, which is high at this point for someone running against an incumbent. But we can't make predictions. And the next few months after these conventions will be a series of unknowns. What does campaigning look like? Does Donald Trump hold large events while Biden does not due to public health concerns? What will voting actually look like in the, a pandemic this fall? It gets overused, but it's truly an unprecedented time. And on that note, let's talk a little bit about some developments outside of the convention. All right. So the backdrop of everything happening at the convention is the COVID-19 crisis. We've been following, you know, all of these school reopenings that quickly have become reclosings. The latest one is UNC Chapel Hill. So just one week into in-person classes, the university has now decided to pivot to online only instruction for the time being. Mm. And this comes after 130 students tested positive for the virus and at least five employees also tested positive, which, again, this entire thing is insane to me on every level. There is no outcome that isn't people getting sick when they get together. Um But I digress. Chapel Hill was one of the first colleges to go back to campus. So this experience and their response is likely being watched by a lot of other institutions as they're figuring out their plans. That's right. And one of the biggest ones, too. And staying with schools, Los Angeles public schools are back in session today. They are all remote and launching their own testing system. So what do we know about how that's going to work? All right. So L.A. School District says it's launching its own testing and tracing program for all 700,000 students and 75,000 staff members, which is a lot of people. Mm. (laughs) The program will kick off this week, and that's just going to be for a small set of staff. Then they're going to scale up over the next few weeks to eventually test everyone, plus potentially family members as well. That's hopefully by mid-September, and that's just the goal, according to the superintendent. Um, The district has been working on this plan for several months, and it's partnering with researchers at UCLA, Johns Hopkins. Hopkins, Stanford, and President Obama's former education secretary, Arne Duncan, is helping lead that initiative. Yeah, and this appears to be the biggest testing program that's been put forth by a public school district in the country, and it's on top of testing that is going to be available locally, right? Yeah, so the superintendent basically said that ideally the school district wouldn't have to do its own program like this, but without widely available rapid testing and tracing, they really can't wait. Uh, The data from the program is meant to help the district understand the prevalence of COVID-19 among the school and staff population and potentially help inform reopening decisions down the line for L.A. uh, or, you know, be used by other districts in the country to better understand the coronavirus. But that's the latest. Tuesday Wad Squad. And for today's Temp Check, we're talking panda bears, uh, specifically one panda bear at the National Zoo in D.C., which veterinarians said could give birth in the next few days. Breeding pandas in captivity is notoriously difficult, with females able to conceive a cub for just 24 to 72 hours every year. So it's a really big deal. Good job, guys. Uh, But still, you know, not a sure thing. So don't go out and buy the congratulations on your baby panda cards yet. I think it's great news. Yeah, I shouldn't have bought them, but that's okay. So, Akila, this is a great animal story. Uh, have you had any memorable animal encounters recently? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm glad you asked. So, this week already, there has been several raccoon sightings in my backyard. Uh, I I did not keep my cool. They were huge. They were the size of Labrador retrievers. Mm. They were trying to open doors. They have full human hands. I hated it. Uh, I started barking like a dog, and then I just hit the window and... One communicated to the other that it was time to go. But yeah, I'm just not here for the 
the wildlife that, you know, wanders into your yard and then eats your trash and makes a mess. Yeah, at least you kind of know a strategy now. Um, to me, I think raccoons are sort of the more um, city dweller version of the panda bear. Uh, that's not scientifically proven, but they have similar uh, vibes to me. And I like them if they're not trying to get inside. Yeah, for sure. Uh, have you had any animal run-ins? I, uh, I, I have problems with birds. Uh, it might be, <laughs> it might be something that people are aware of in broader Wad Squad community. Um, I have uh, encountered aggressive pigeons. I think they they are done with humans, and uh, they're at a point now where they own the skies and they own us. Um, so I don't like like being around them. And I also recently in the park saw a hawk land relatively near me. Um, which does not seem right for uh, anything in the world. So they're, they're clearly, there's some conversation that's happening among these animals about taking over and, um, you know, I guess it's their time. I mean, that's fair. I'm tired of our shit too. Well, just <laughs> like that, we've checked our temps. Everybody stay safe and we will check in with you all again tomorrow. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, everyone's (laughs) getting flowers. (laughs) Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. 
Lebanon is seeing a surge in COVID-19 cases as the country recovers from an explosion that killed over 170 people earlier this month. Yesterday, the country reported a one-day record of over 450 new cases. More than half of the 55 hospitals in Beirut were out of service after the blast, and the rest were overwhelmed with victims. Nearly a quarter of a million people were displaced because of the incident, which also increases the risks of spreading the virus. The country's health minister announced that the country will be closing down for the next two weeks in order to curb the spread. And Lebanon was already experiencing a spike in COVID cases and already had plans to shut down. But the explosion has exacerbated the problem. It's just terrible. Uh, California is experiencing one of its worst heat waves on record. And most regions across the state had temperatures in the triple digits over this past weekend. Mm. That includes Death Valley, the long stretch of desert bordering Nevada, reaching a record high of 130 degrees, which experts say is the hottest temperature on Earth since 1913. The National Park Service literally told visitors to Death Valley, quote, travel prepared to survive. Good God almighty. The manager of 80% of the state's electric grid, meanwhile, asked major utility companies to cut the power to hundreds of thousands of customers over the weekend. Governor Gavin Newsom criticized the operator for implementing blackouts with barely any notice and for being unprepared for the heat. The Trump administration finalized plans to open part of the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge for drilling, and it's not because Trump wants to build an ice bunker up there to hide in during the protests. (laughs) The real target is the largest untapped oil reserve in North America, which is thought to be on Alaskan land that's also home to polar bears and caribou. Republicans have fought for this oil since 1987, but couldn't pass a bill authorizing drilling until 2017. Joe Biden said he'd protect the land if he's elected president, but that could be difficult if Trump's Department of the Interior has already sold it off to energy companies. Elsewhere in Alaska, plans for a ConocoPhillips oil drilling project are running up against an annoying problem called climate change. The company can't build necessary infrastructure like roads and drilling pads on melting permafrost, and instead of taking the hint, they've gotten approval to use thermosiphons or chillers. These huge ground-freezing machines would counteract the effects of climate change so they can continue their project that will speed up climate change. Polar bears, if you can, rise up and scare these people away. Yeah, again, animals uh, take it from here. Postmaster General Louis DeJoy is an entirely new kind of bad guy. We can call him a male brute. But as of last night, he has agreed to testify to Congress about operational changes that have slowed down America's Postal Service. So that appearance is scheduled for next Monday. Uh, And by that point, the House may have already voted on a proposal to block further changes to the USPS if things go smoothly. But in other DeJoy news, reporters at The New York Times found out that he earned between $1.2 and $7 million last year from XPO Logistics. That is a shipping company where he was formerly CEO and which often assists the USPS during busy periods. It is good to know that if DeJoy does ruin the Postal Service, he will still land on his feet. And it's a lesson for entrepreneurs. If you're running a business, you should always be prepared for the worst by having a huge stake in a second business that does almost the exact same thing. That's the first thing I teach you. (laughs) And those are the headlines. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just letters that arrive on time like me, what a day is also a nightly <laughs> newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at cricket.com slash subscribe. I'm Akila Hughes. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and don't, don't be, be a, a male, male brood. brood. Please, just give me my fucking mail. <laughs> be a male cute, which is the opposite. <laughs> What a Day is a Crooked Media production. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. Sonia Tun is our assistant producer. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our senior producer is Katie Long. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka.
Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. With my busy life, I use Shipped same-day delivery to keep up. When I need a jar of extra creamy peanut butter delivered, I know my personal shopper Amber will come through. And if it's not on the shelf, she asks them to check the bag. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at Shipped.com.